To prune or not to prune? Tis a damn good question. Yes, it is, Scott. It is a question. Yeah, the pruning is a question. Well, but, uh, but b- before we get into pruning, what do you want to do? Wait, what do you have to say? Maybe I'm interrupting well, you. Well, you said to prune or not to prune. No, this is really vague because it could be that, you know, fruit that you pick oh, from a yeah, tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could be a plum, then it goes to a prune. Or ah, it could I be, if you're going to be pruning, you could do a rose bush or an apple tree or well, a plum tree or a hydrangea. Might. And bingo, a hydrangea. The yeah. biggest question you get all the time, do I prune this one or do I not prune this one? Or why didn't my blooms come? Because you pruned the wrong time of year. We're going to get into that. We just, Mike and I just wrote an article for the local paper about pruning hydrangeas, and we thought maybe we can go in a little deeper on a couple things with, with a new episode. Well, you know, have this kind of segue into it because it's it's important that we elaborate. It's not really a difficult thing to understand, but it basically reiterates something that you and I've been screaming forever. Yeah, this, so this is a very tricky thing because my mind and apparently other people's is like, you know the answer and it's a logical one, but yet then you're like second guessing yourself. Is this really the right answer? So we're going to lay down which ones you prune and when. I mean, you and could. And a couple other. Which ones tidbits. what? Uh, hi, the hydrangeas? Yes. Fran- the we French just, or the, the paniculata. It's a picnic. Okay, now you, you educated me on one. It's not a paniculata. Well, there, no, there are paniculatas, but a, a certain brand has their version. It's called Panicles. The Panicle. It's just an abbreviation. A, a of panicle the, paniculata. You know, we, we, we started this program saying we weren't going to say 72-syllable botanical terms, but in this case, the paniculata is the woody ornamental hydrangea. It's the one where it has the beautiful flowers that are going to turn either bright red and, and, and white, which is what's the one you have right now? Um, that's strawberries and cream? Uh, strawberry vanilla twist. I got the oak leaf hydrangeas that yeah. turn. Yeah, but the, we're going to focus on the French Quick hydrangea, fires. aren't we? I mean, the, the the French hydrangea is the one where people get confused on pruning. First of all, your your French ones are your ones that I call shade hydrangeas. Your paniculatas are your sun-loving hydrangeas. Yes. So there's the difference, although, you know, the French ones like some sunlight. You can grow them in the sun morning. if you know what to do, and if you watch them. I mean, you know, if they're starting to well, give them a drink, they'll pop back up. But if you want to ignore them and just let them grow, keep them in the shady area yeah. that you're talking about. So the two kinds are what people really get messed up on, I think, right, right. more than just pruning French okay, let's versus start, another French. Let's start with the pinnacles. Let's start with a little bit of house cleaning. You, we had the law, the Iron Tone lawn episode, and you mentioned people started emailing you about. Yeah, aren't you glad that we, we crabgrass? Well, yeah. <laughs> now the crabgrass. We're gonna are we gonna do homework right now? Homework, but clean up right now on that because housekeeping this house, right now. All right. When the people started using that ironite or the Iron Tone, excuse me, that that Espoma product to make like your lawn is looking absolutely gorgeous. What it's doing though is it's allowing the good grasses to get to that rich, lush green, your blue grasses, your turf-type fescues, but the junky grasses that come in, 
like the crabgrass, which is starting to go dormant and it's starting to turn to a yellow green, which will eventually turn to a purple, is going to seed. And it's showing off your grasses. I mean, your, your good grasses are showing up this crabgrass. You didn't notice it as much until now. Now we're getting to the shorter days. Crabgrass is going haywire. Not going haywire. It's just more noticeable. Now, what are you going to recommend that people do with a crabgrass? I think I taught Scott this a couple of you know shows ago. What are you going to do with the lawn um, and the crabgrass right now? I mean, are you going to go out and spray it? Which you can do. It's a post-emergent control. Are you going to go and overseed and try to crowd it out for the next season? Or what, are, what actually are you trying to do to this? Well, this time of year, you, uh, you might want to do nothing, even though I want to do it all. Can you turn a blind eye to it? Yeah, well, it depends on how much you have, I guess. I think if you got just a little bit or even a whole yard full of it, leave it alone. And the reason is, I mean, people are looking at it and go, God, what are especially people that have brand new lawns. They don't want this stuff to be taking over their lawn, and they think that it's going to. Well, I would just recommend you leave it alone so it dies back on its own. The days are getting shorter. It's an annual grass. It's going to go to seed, and the seed is going to germinate again next season after it lies dormant right now when the ground temperature hits 60-plus degrees, and it's going to start to germinate. And usually that's in the May 1st part of June. I did not know it's uh, annual grass, first of all. Well, it is. It is. And that seed is really your enemy for next year. Correct. Now, you can. People are trying to put down stuff to prevent that seed from germinating this year. It's not really going to work. Um, you can't yeah, really. Yeah, you, you, you're done trying to treat it. Bingo. Um, you uh, can do. Uh, other than a, a roundup and killing the whole thing, but you're going to mess up. So why waste your time and yeah. money doing that? Now, here's something I'm going to ask you. What do you recommend then? If by any chance you can go ahead and put a preventative down, they used to say one application is fine. But now lawn services are waking up and they're giving two applications to cover for the residual, meaning that that stuff lasts in the days, sometimes 180 days under perfect conditions, 90 days on semi-perfect conditions, and probably 60 days under terrible ones. You get nothing but rain all the time. So that's why you got to follow up with the pre-emergent control again, let's say, for your second application. Dilemma. Try doing it yourself on the second application in June and asking for a crabgrass control from your local garden center. They're not going to carry it. They, because the companies that, own, that are selling the crabgrass control, one company, one active ingredient is called pendimethalin, and that's in uh, Scott's product. That's good to last under pristine conditions 180 days. So you put it down the end of March, it's going to last you, what, three months, four months, six months? What's 180 days? That's six months. It's not going to under, the, uh, under no, conditions here in the no Midwest. There's no such thing as perfect. So if you, you'd be lucky to have it last three months. What I'm going to recommend you do when you go out in March to buy it, get enough to do two applications. Get enough to do the one application you're going to have in March, April, and then hang on to it until the second application, usually around the end of May, first part of June. And this is going to give you another residual of another, say, 60 days at least to control crabgrass before it starts to go dormant again. So your summary is, is don't do anything with it in the fall because it's pointless, waste of money. You just need to attack that seed that's going to spread. And it spreads because you mow the lawn, the you know, the wind, you know, any of that stuff that naturally occurs. So I want to get out there with a pair of scissors and cut each seed head off. Yeah, but Scott's going to be out there for about, well, I think until Christmas. <laughs> that might take a while, but it anyway. will take a while. Well, you know, to each his own. I mean, I'm not going to knock somebody for wanting to do that. But see, when you go ahead and cut it, 
you're agitating that stock and you're going to be shaking loose a bunch of seed also. So you're going to be just as bad as the lawnmower. Yes. You buy the product, you get enough for two applications on it. Yeah. One that you put down at end of March, first part of April. And then the other one that you're able to put down about the end of May, first part of June. And then it's going to cover that window. So you don't have to put any type of post-emergent crabgrass control down to knock it out. That's the housekeeping tip of the day. Do we have any jingle music for housekeeping? Like you could see Michael Rourke with a with an apron on and earrings and pearls and then just go do 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 this is nineteen fifties housekeeping for today. Yeah, no, that won't be a feature I'll put in. Okay, sorry about that, folks. Nobody wants I'm to secure with it. that. Nobody wants to see me in an apron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed. The purpose of today's episode was hydrangea pruning, but you started coming up with, well, what are the reasons why you're pruning? Yeah, bingo. And, and you had you were talking six, about seven, prunes. eight ideas of, of... Well, now see, people, we recommend people go... If you got a question, you did this last week, not last week, but one of the podcasts that we had, I said, you know, if you have any questions on anything, go look it up on the internet yourself. So what I did was I casually looked up something on the hydrangeas. I found that, you know, numerous little websites are telling you different things. They're contradictory. What I would like to do, and Scott, I believe you'd like to do this also, is to just give them a basic education as to what kind of plants they have and what to do with them as far as the hydrangeas go. Now, you were talking about the pinnacles or the paniculatas, which are the woody ornamentals. They're the hardy sunlit ones that can tolerate 80, 90 degrees without wilting. And then there's the French hydrangea, which likes the shade which likes it, you can get it to grow in the full direct sunlight, but it likes to shade more so than anything else. Which one would you feel comfortable pruning around mid-September, Scott? The mid-September prune would be the paniculatas. That's the woody ornamental. That's, That's the, the one the like ornament. the limelights, the annabelles, the quick fires, those suckers. They can get up to four to six feet plus in height. The French hydrangeas, on the other hand, are you going to prune this in September or no? No. I'm not going to. Now, let me let me ask you why. I know. This is like pop quiz for Scott from Mike. This is. Well, see, he showed it, me up last time really bad by, you know, God, he's dangerous. He knows his stuff now. He's been paying attention. Your woody hydrangeas, they set their blooms in the spring when they're coming out of dormancy. All right. Your French hydrangeas, all the pretty floppy mumps and bumps and balls and all careful. those. <laughs> we call them the the uh, endless summer varieties of a hydrangea. That's one of them. That's one of them. Yeah. They set their bud. Okay. They s- Listen, bud. <laughs> we got to let it dry out. Hang it up. Hang it. That's If we're going to talk about hanging uh, hydrangea flowers or buds, uh, wink, wink, uh, in your garage for at least three to five weeks, then you can do what Scott said. I never smoked any hydrangea buds. <laughs> the French hydrangeas are the ones that you want to not trim or prune in the fall because they are setting and have started to set their buds for next year's bloom. Those buds stay all winter, so don't mess around with them during the winter either. What did we have this last spring that caused concern? Well, we had like seven days of summer weather and then it got cold again. Yeah. And, and then, then those buds were like, Hey, it's time to come out. And then the cold came back and then said, 
Not Fooled you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a dirty trick. Some of them bloom, but they didn't bloom as well as they should have. So the key is knowing what kind of hydrangea you have so that you know if it's a woody, you can trim it or prune it once the bloom is spent, you know. Yeah, those, I mean, are, those are the fall ones, you know, like let's say Halloween-ish time, you can cut those blooms or you can cut them because some of them are look pretty in the brown fall. Well, yeah, and again, your French hydrangea, you can cut just the blossom off, the spent blossom. I wouldn't cut the dead stalk down. People say, well, they look right. ugly, they're dead. Well, they're not dead. They're dormant and they're carrying the blossom for next season all winter long. Yep. Um, so when you cut that out, you're cutting away the bloom. And if you want, hold out. Now, we could have the 70-plus degree temperatures again in March. Uh, the thing I want you to do is, like Scott said, wait it out. I mean, you know, give it a tip cut. It's kind of like a cork in a bottle. If you give the top three or four inches a, a cut, it causes the sap to start flowing upward, and it starts giving the nutrients to the blossom or to the bud. And I think in this case, you're going to like not doing a whole bunch of things to them Turn a blind eye to it. People generally are, you know, they want to treat the outside like it's their indoor housekeeping. And if it looks ugly, you get rid of it. No, you don't. This is just a dormant plant. So if you have Edward Scissorhand disease Ooh. and you need to go outside and cut something. Blowing your nose would be a <laughs> bloody mess. Yeah, literally. Uh, go and you, and you have only French hydrangeas, then uh, pretend you're um, deadheading. Instead, Ooh, good of, instead of pruning the bush. That's very... You like that one better? I like that a lot better. So go ahead and deadhead your French hydrangeas. How's that? Beautiful. I like that. that. that that's as long as we... If you have to do something, Edward, scissor hands, yeah, just then go, go do that. Yeah. But leave the... The blank naked stalk with the wilted leaves on leave it Leave that alone. alone. Yeah. All right. And you can cut, you can, now here's another thing. If you're going to do any pruning of your French hydrangea, like the endless summer or the standard French hydrangea, the blue, the pink, whatever, you could do that in the middle of the season, but people generally are afraid to, because it's going to be taking away the blossom that you've already got established. It's not going to interfere with next year's growth. So if you're willing to prepare that plant for next year by trimming it down, don't take any more than one third of the whole area away at one time and then work on, you know, Trimming a little bit of the blossom away at the same time because you're going to be creating more for next season. But don't cut it down anytime after the middle of August. I was just going to say, when is the stopping point of, of pruning or trimming a French hydrangeas? The French hydrangea, I would stop by the 15th of August. I mean, if you're going to, if it got too big and you wanted to trim it down, go ahead and trim it down. One third. If it's three feet tall, take a foot away. No more than that. Let's just say the beginning of August, just to be safe. Well, I'm being safer by saying the 15th because normally they would say by first part of September is when. So, okay, do do the first part of August. That sounds good. Don't do any so, major pruning. Th- so you're saying those buds start to set really in September and start, October? Yeah, they do. They, okay, so it's later than I thought. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they start to set. See, in uh, it depends on what the season's like. Now, are you noticing, where did the robins go? I mean, mom nature doesn't follow a calendar date. There's not Robin one out there right now. They're going, okay, we're going to have a hell of a winter this year. We're booking. So they did that. And, and But some of them stay here. We'll see maybe one or two you know, losers. Where'd they go? <laughs> um, no, they left them. You know, that teaches them from standing at the worm bar forever and ever. 
the, the, the scenario is, is you watch the calendar date versus watch what Mother Nature is doing. Burning bush are already changing colors right now. Hydrangeas are changing color. You have the pink and the blue ones of the French hydrangea. They're starting to turn to a burgundy color. You're going with your paniculatas or the pinnacles that we're talking about, the, the, woody, or, the woody hydrangea. Those are changing color also. They generally change. They come out white in the late spring, early summer. Then they graduate to a pinkisher color. Then they graduate to a more pronounced pink and white color if you've got the strawberries and cream. Then they turn to a burgundy color all the way around. So too does the limelight. So everything's going to change, and they're following the sun. And I'm telling you, if you follow the sun, you're going to notice we're going to have a, probably an early winter. Let me ask you something. I mean, now that we're on the, the topic, there's a number of different do's and don't do's, you know, as far as making for a healthy plant like your hydrangeas for the following season. You made mention about something that you were taking an elixir last time we were talking. How's that going? Elixir? Well, it's a, I don't know, it was like some type of a mushroom thing that you were taking. I mean, the, the liquid. You, yeah, it um, is a liquid. It's the 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 celery tasting. It was like Vitamix or a, Magic Mind. Oh, okay. How's that going for you? I like it. In fact, yeah. in fact, today when I had one, I I don't know if it's good for my cat or not, but you're kidding. I I had the lid. It comes in a little two ounce shot bottle, so I you know did my shot, and I had the cap sitting out there. You know how cats play with they were, things yeah. on the table. Well. This one knocked it off, played around with it, and just started smelling it. And next thing I know, she's licking her lips. And I was like, did you taste some of this, the liquid gold? Is she tripping? Where is she? <laughs> I don't know where she is. But, yeah, I was just like, God, I hope this, I mean, she got nothing. But Well, let me ask you, what were you going she, for? Last podcast, we were talking about you're doing something for, um, like a, a a beneficial additive to your diet daily it's diet basically getting away from coffee yeah. caffeine uh, it's heart related so you're on a health kick okay. so that and you know it's got a bunch of other benefits that you know helps your memory uh, endurance for the day it's what magic mind has done is taken an, an energy drink and instead of getting a hundred percent or 90% of that kick or that energy kick right at the beginning. It's a slow release energy drink. How's that? Whoa. That's talking gardening. And what's it called again? Magic mind. Okay. Let me know. Are you going to continue? I mean, is there a process? Step one, step two, step three. No, you just start taking it on a consistent basis. And the one day that I forgot, I was, I noticed it a little bit. As we get older, us men, and a lack of testosterone, yeah, this is, I've got an energy level back. Even my wife noticed the energy okay. level. Okay. Well, is this now, a good guy thing? No. This, no is, this is not one of those Okay. Subjects. I'm just talking about, you know. You low on testosterone? Time to start porking it back no, up. No, uh, no, no, okay. no, no. I'm talking about, you know, I do, you don't need a nap in the day now. You know, really? You, yes, you got. Full. How much more are you taking? Going to take before you know we go back to what we're doing? I mean, do you, are you going to continue this throughout? No, I'm. I think I'm going to continue. I, I th- Is that it's good, working huh? pretty well. It's and, magic mind. And you know, I used to do with the weight loss stuff. I used to do uh, the vinegar. White, uh, just, oh, that what do they call it? mothers? Uh, yeah. If you can drink that, like I was in tea, then magic mind is a. Over the top, delicious supplement. It's delicious. 
Yeah, it's it's not bad. It doesn't make you go, yeah, but it's oh, a good no, one. Oh, no, no, no. You know how sometimes, like when you used to do the, when I used to do the vinegar, you were like, you're kind of ready for it as you take a drink. Yeah. Well, you now, prep yourself. now it's like popping a beer or a margarita. Is it really? You don't even think about it. You just like open the. So you got a clearer mind. You got more energy. Yeah. And you're a, a and man that's over the age of 55. So, I mean, this is something that's And you're going, getting away from the coffee. So hopefully that's. And your wife likes the, it too. So we're going to leave that alone. The heart. We're going to yeah. go. All right. Our listeners can take advantage of this now. Now, wait a minute. So you can get this product via our podcast at magicmind.com slash yourgarden20. I'm going to repeat that. Yourgarden20. So it's magicmind.com slash yourgarden20. And what that will get our listeners, because I have done this experiment and you get to profit from it, you get uh, 56% off your first subscription or 20% off a one-time purchase. I believe the one-time purchase are 15, I think you can do 15 or 30 bottles. And the way it breaks down is it's pretty darn cheap compared to stopping in at the gas station and picking up an energy drink. Well, these aren't energy. Basically, those those quick little shot glasses of energy drinks, this is something that you can build up on a regular basis. Like you noticed when you didn't do it the one day that, oh, I'm missing something here. If you're also a subscriber to this product already, you can still use our uh, our code to to continue your subscription savings. Well, this is cool. All right, so I'm, I'm going to stand on the outside and look in. I want to see how this is working with you. Again, our code is your garden twenty. Magicmind.com slash your garden twenty. Okay. Any questions on that? You can get take back advantage with- of some of the savings because I went out on the limb and subjected my body. Well, so you're, you're on ba- your behalf, Mike. Well, thank you very much. Now, when it, when it, when it makes me more virile, I'll watch you. <laughs> All right. Magic Mind. Yeah, I'm going to look that up, too. I think you're doing great. You sh- you got good color. Are you losing any weight? Well, uh, you weren't fat in the first place, Sarby. <laughs> All right. Yeah, good answer. All right. Anyway, yeah. okay. So, I- uh, you know, the other good uh, instrument. The other news, and I think I teased it once already, but I've talked to Mike even further. Um, Mike, Mike the Mushroom Guy. That's what. That's I, not me. That's what I call him. Yeah. Um, but Mike did a fungi fun show with us, and we've talked about him coming back. So he is doing his homework right now. He is getting fifteen bottles of Magic Mind to try out for himself because he wanted to try it. Also, oh, once no I started telling him about it, yeah, because I said, it's, folks, it's got a couple of mushrooms in it, and Mike the Fungi Guy is the mushroom guy, and so he, we're going to do an episode talking about those two particular mushrooms and what they do and what he knows and if they're easy to grow yourself type of thing. Um, so you're talking about natural um, substitutes or basically, uh, in essence, you know, after the war, the big war, the good war, World War II, people started making um, nutrients like vitamins and liver pills and oh, prescription um, uh, tablets out of oil, all right? Being that it's carbon, they would derive it from oil. But this is a derivative of the natural uh, growth process of what Mother Nature has been providing. For instance, you've got mushrooms in there. You've got all sorts of other um, additives that basically, like what kind of root 
what kind of leave, what kind of what, what, what is in there. You know what? I'm going to find out after watching you when you hit the third week, if I can, if you can do this, then I can too. But if he kills over, I'm not going to go that route. <laughs> Cindy, the cat, has already tried it, apparently. So yeah, she's if now she's okay. You'll be okay. There. I mean, I've been on it over a week now, and I'm okay. Well, then next time we do the recording, I want to find I'm out. Probably how it's better going. than okay. Uh, so yeah, Mike is going to join us to talk about those mushrooms that okay. they, they use in this product. So that'll be fun. A little backstory that. Uh, I know uh, Magic Mind is also interested in hearing that information. So, so the final word on, on the hydrangea is on the hydrangea trimming. On the trimming, yes. We're going to say the ones that you need to be very, very careful of are the French. Well, you don't need to be very, very careful. Just make damn sure you don't cut them in September. Well, that's the one that everybody tends to cut and comes yeah, into the store saying, "Why didn't they bloom?" Because they didn't listen to our Your Midwest you Garden did, podcast <laughs> and find out what Scott down. and Mike had to say. Cut them down at the wrong time. Yep. Well, my husband went out there and... Yeah, blame the husband. <laughs> She's the one, hey, Frank, go out there and take care of it. Well, the guys <laughs> on the podcast said, I don't care what they said. Just go and take it down. And then she goes, well, my husband did it. <laughs> oh, you just got us in a lot of trouble. I'm not married anymore. That's why. <laughs> so the French you have to be careful of, and then you're... Paniculatas. Or the pinnacles, where certain varieties of uh, growers have. Panicles. Panicles? Panicles. Don't panic. They're coals. <laughs> uh, those ones you can, um, oh, anytime the bud is done and you just want to clip the And bud. these are the buds that you don't smoke. And you can, I mean, you can also, if you want to do the third, if you're, like my quick fire hydrangeas get huge. And like I said before, after Christmas, I put Christmas lights on them. They look great. After Christmas, then I cut them way back. Yeah. And they, they, they continue to bloom gloriously yes. for you. So those are the ones that you don't have to worry about because they're not setting buds. Well, yeah. And we had an early kill or die back up because of winter. And you had a woody hydrangea out there. And you basically weren't afraid to ask questions. What do you prune? We pruned it. You pruned it. And then I just noticed that, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, that thing was kicking ass. It's got a beautiful bloom to it, um, and it's now up to, what was it, five feet? Oh, the strawberry twist yeah. one that I had trouble with in the spring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they came full. They came back. Yeah, it's doing, you were, you were thinking, I'm going to yank it out. No, it's already established. <laughs> they, uh, it thinned out quite a bit when, when I was taking all the dead stalks off, and that has not come back yet that way, but top growth, it's so if you want to, here's the deal. Here's a hint on trimming also. Top growth. If you want to fill in in the middle or in the void where it was seems like it was really stressed out and it didn't have any type of foliage or flowers, but you did get the top growth and you got the foliage and flower that way, trim it again. Trim it this fall. It'll stimulate inside growth. There's an opposite growth pattern for any type of trimming. If you want to stimulate inward growth, trim the top and the sides. If you want to trim... I mean, stimulate more outward growth, trim the inside a little bit to stimulate outward. Now, on top of that, if by any chance you want to make sure that you're, well, do it all the way around, make sure you have a fuller plant, just trim the whole damn thing, but don't follow up with anything more than one-third of the entire area at one time, okay? Six-foot-tall plant, how tall is one-third? How much is one-third are you going to take away? 24 inches. Wow, you're good. 
All right. That, for, those, really, for those really, in Toledo, it's two feet. I really thought I was going to throw you converting it to inches real quick. Well, let's go to meters. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, yes. Okay. The uh, But when you say at a time, quick fires are eight foot tall and I they're out of control. And the wife says, bring them down. So at one time, I bring them two, two foot down. Two and a half feet. Yeah. But then you said at a time. So if I want to bring it down to a two-foot ball and it's six foot, so one time is two, that makes it four. When, how soon can I go from four to two? My quick fires will outgrow what I took down that first time. But you're not going to take it down to two feet. Have you ever taken it down to two feet and expected them to get up to six feet again? No, no. I just wanted to get to four. Yeah, you want them to get the four, and that's going down to two by the following season. No, but what I'm saying, you can't do that with quick fires because that f- that four that I got them down to, they'll be back at six at next year. Right, right. But then I'm just going f- six to four, six to four. No, every no, no, year. no, no. You're not the same season when you, you let's say you trim those down to from six to four feet. All right. When right. do you? When did you do that? Let's say I did it yesterday. Okay. You can't do it again. I would strongly recommend this year. You can't do it again. Strongly recommend if you're going to do it, do it early summer. Bring it down that two feet. Then in the fall, bring it back down another two feet while it's dormant, while it's going dormant. All right. So there's there's the key is I can do it when it's dormant. Yes. Yeah. And you're not going to harm the plant. So I can double cut. Or double trim, double you, prune, whichever phrase you like. If you do it in the right time in the of year. active season and in the dormant season. So right. if I have to bring a six-footer down to two, I can do two feet and active. I'm just going by thirds. And then two feet during the dormant. So by next spring, I'll have a happy two-foot bush that's going to grow, grow to four, four foot. Yes. Which was my desired size. Provided that you're giving it the... Um, uh, earth tone products that you've been applying on a regular basis, like plant tone or holly tone or even right. the well, iron tone. Right. But I, I'm basically suggesting that you don't do all of it at one time because it's going to shock the plant. Right. Of course. So you do it first part of spring, eh, say about when it, when, or first part of summer for the woody ornamental, the paniculata. You do that around the first part of June. Yes, you're going to be taking away some of the blossom, but you're still going to be getting new blossom. Then come the following season when it's totally dormant, let's say autumn, the end of uh, about Halloween or even, you know, Thanksgiving between Halloween, actually between September, Labor Day and Thanksgiving, go ahead and give it a haircut. I'd like to contradict Mike a little bit. Please do. Fourth year rookie gardener compared to Mr. Expert. My oak leaf hydrangeas, they they come out pretty early. Yeah. So I would say if you're going to trim them down, in spring, it's almost like late winter. Yeah. Because they get an early start. I know. See, most people would generally figure out what the maximum growth on an oak leaf hydrangea would be, rookie gardener. Um, you can get some that are only going to get up, up to the height of about four feet. Other oak leaf hydrangeas can get up to eight, ten feet, and that's what I have right in front of my bedroom window so that no really evil people can go in and gawk at Mike when he's getting ready to go to bed. But the, the scenario here is, is yeah, if you know what your plant size or height is, that's fine. A standard rule all the way through is no, no more than one-third the entire area, regardless if it's right. an eight-footer or a three-footer. I, I'm just more concerned about people cutting off blooms 
or buds soon to be blooms. Did you notice in this episode more than I am at the height of a bush? All right, your your oak leaf hydrangea right now. Mine are starting. They went from beautiful white and they really kicked butt um, to a pinkish cast to them. Right. And just recently, they turned to that copper color. Yep. And that's the sign that yeah, autumn's here also. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about pruning the the, the flower away at all. I mean, those are hardier than sin, like your paniculatas. It's the French hydrangeas that I'm really worried about. Right. Well, that's the one that you need to be extra smart about what you're doing. Right. But I'm just saying for those, like my oak leaves, if I want to bring them down a foot or two, just because they're all growing the size of the landscape area, the best time to do that. And then correct in the winter, I do clip off the buds just to make it because it doesn't look good. But here's something else too. There's two more varieties that are relatively new. As far as the oak leaves. And um, one of them is called Munchkin. The other one is called uh, Ruby Slippers. They don't get any bigger than maybe about three feet in height, and they cascade outward. They're a gorgeous plant. They start out with a white, but then they both have their own distinct color. For instance, a Ruby Slippers makes it look, they're vibrant and bright ruby color. The uh, Munchkin is kind of like a deep, I don't want to say purple, but it's it's a it's a deep Oh God, it's almost a burgundy also, but it growth, it grows totally different. Those you can go ahead and beat up also, and they're going to act just like the standard oak leaf hydrangea. You can trim those off. You're not going to be taking away next year's bloom. It's the French hydrangeas that you're going to do that to. But I ask people, you know, if you have any questions, just go online and look it up. Not always are you going to be getting the right information that you need from what is online. Um, I were getting things there. There were, I looked up a couple of them and they were basically repeating things that were basically contradicting, not just what we're telling you, but themselves. For instance, um, there's, you know, you, how can you tell if you're not watering your hydrangea enough? Well, drooping leaves, duh. The other one is they said when they went into a big explanation on how you're at fault for it, or you got yourselves uh, something that's going to be a little bit, discolored at the tips, right? Well, what's causing the discoloration? You're watering. No, it's not directly because of that. Watering flushes nutrients out, like you told me earlier in the podcast. Right. And um, you can go and supplement by putting things in there. Like, for instance, when your tips are burning, that's called chlorosis, or it's chlorotic. When they're yellowing. When they're yellowing. And so what do you need to put in it, Scott, to make it counter the yellowing? Iron. Iron. That's right. Well, see, he's learning. All right. Maybe not the actual problem, but overwatering is the leading leading up to that cause. But it also depends on the soil and the environment that they're growing in. For instance, you, your houses, your hydrangeas are in sand. You live in a township that is nothing but sand. It is beach sand from the from the melting glaciers. Yep. Um so we know the topography of the, of the soil, but, uh, you know, less than two miles away, they got river bottom from the, from the, uh, moving of the glacier. And that's clay, clay, you overwater there. Clay retains the moisture far better than sand does. And then it's going to continue to wilt that tree, that bush, that tree, that plant. Um, I would recommend not giving it too much water and clay, but it hasn't rained in three days. Well, then this is counterproductive. Uh, I, I'm going to strongly recommend if you're going to continue to water the way that you have been, make damn sure you give it the nutrients that it needs. 
And usually that's going to be something less invasive, something that's going to be a lot less um, immediate gratification, but it's better for the plant, like the iron tones, the plant tones, the, the rose tones. Espoma products. And I'm, we're not getting any money for this. But in the weekend warrior situation is, I think, where a lot of information on the website comes across. Yeah. As, a, as advice. So if you're, if you're yellowing, yes, there, there's a, 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 an actual problem, an actual name for that problem. But really, it is because you're overwatering. Why? Well, it flushes the nutrients yeah, we know, out. Yeah, like okay. you said. But we know we know why and we know what the the problem is caused, but weekend warrior style, I mean, I'm going out there and it's like am I overwatering or underwatering? And I know now that I know if they're yellow, th- there's subtopics on that, but yellowing is probably cuz I'm doing too much watering. Well, it could be. And and it most likely is. I mean, if you've got a weakened plant because of too much water, it's going to give you a yellow leaf to it, but it's going to make it more susceptible to other things like insect and disease. Did you know that insects basically go for struggling plants more so than they do with the healthy ones? I imagine. I mean, that's in life. There's a lot of animals that attack the weakest link in the chain. Heavy man. That's really heavy. I want some of the, that. What is it? That mushroom magic, Mike, magic, magic mind. mind. I like the way you're thinking. Basically, if it's a yellowing leaf, if you have an underwatered plant, it's going to have more than one sign. Yeah. Well, so if somebody tells you you need to do a little bit more homework and find other symptoms, if you have a cold, you, you know, you have a cough, sore throat, runny nose, not just a runny nose. So, oh, that's heavy. So right. if you're, you know, if you got drooping leaves plus the yellowing, that could be a sign. Well, yeah, it's a sign that there's other things. And, you know, the only real websites that I would really recommend that you use for absolute 1,000% accuracy is going to be your county extension. Now, it, th- these are due to land-grant colleges or universities that the government, ha- the state government has allowed your tax dollar to benefit you later on. It used to be just strictly for the farmers, but nowadays you've got active gardening, active people that are making their own, growing their own food, um, their flowers. The extension will, for instance, um, in Northwest Ohio, it depends on the county that you're in, but look up what your extension is going to be. They're going to give you a phone number and they're going to give you a website and you can click onto that to ask any question that you want and then it will be answered you know, I can't tell you what the extension is going to be out of the county outside of Lucas, but it's going to be something that's going to give you accurate information, state of the art. You can also get some information if you want to from any type of, you know, I will choose this one blindfolded and see what they say. Hit enter. My suggestion on reading stuff on the Internet is also really read it. Don't skim it. The advice they give is basically based on, let's say, a hydrangea. The one I read was... Like at its peak performance, blooming time of year, if you have problems then. Premature oh, leaf well, dropping can I mean, be caused by a number of things other than. That's one of the signs. One of the signs. Right. So you got to put these signs together. And, and do your own I mean, sleuthing. I mean, because after a frost or two, of course, they're going to drop their leaves. Well, you notice when <laughs> trees were dropping their leaves earlier this year, we're going to go with shade trees. All right, people were wondering, oh, my tree's sick, it's it's diseased. No, it's not. When we had, we had the drought, remember that in May? And then June and July started making up for it, and that produced more and more leafing in the tree. 
now that we're starting to get into a less sunlight area, those little solar panels, those leaves are starting to drop and people are wondering why. Well, it's because you had too many leaves and the tree knows what it needs in order to make its own food. And since we're going into the dormant season, they're going to slowly start dropping them while they're green before the sugars start making the leaves turn to their glorious colors in the autumn. So it's a sugar production thing that makes those leaves turn the autumnal color versus, you know, dropping the leaves now while they're still green because they don't need them. My biggest suggestion I think would be if, if you're trying to determine if you're overwatering, you're more so even underwatering, which can have some of the same signs is uh, be a good gardener, get out your little foam knee pad, put it down the ground, spread some of the mulch away if you have mulch, and actually just try to put your finger in the dirt of that plant. Much like, you know, we talked about earlier uh, hanging baskets. You know, we kind of lift them off the chain or whatever if they're hanging. If they're light, we know they need water. If they're heavy, they probably don't need water or as much. So your plant in the ground, you're going to have to get on your hands and knees to really help determine. Stick your finger in that earth, and if that's dry, then you know it's it's an underwatering situation versus overwatering. Have you noticed that on the hydrangeas, too, that the flowers, and this was earlier in the season, not just right now, but they started to, to curl. Yeah, curling. Curling is is a sign that it's it was too hot first of all, but then they also need a drink to loosen that up because of evaporation, that aspiration that we've talked about earlier. Um, it's releasing the moisture, it's aspirating through the leaves and through the flower during the heat of right, the day. Right. So we want to revitalize the plant by giving it more water to compensate for what it lost. Be a good gardener and get down and feel that earth because the trick is, is mulch may be moist if you have mulch under there. Yeah, but the soil isn't. But the soil isn't. Right. And that throws people off. Well, I put my finger and the mulch was all wet. Well, that's the point of mulch. Mulch helps to retain moisture, so it's going to be. But if if there's not enough moisture, your ground's going to dry out first. Yeah, if you can't get your finger into that soil, you, you damn well better give it a drink. I, I mean, a lot of this is all just really basic, and our Master Gardener listeners are going to be like, well, duh, guys. But for the weekend warriors, to, to know those levels and how they are different, and just the fact that, you know, you're going to have to kneel down and actually do something to get a true diagnosis. And that's such a brilliant statement from a fourth-year rookie gardener. Well, see, now how long are you going to capitalize on being a rookie there, Scott? I mean, when are you going to consider yourself to be a professional? Uh, I will never pretend I am a professional. I'll always be a rookie. If you have a question, go to a reputable website or even go to your local extension. You can Google that to help you with any type of growing problem, whether it's, uh, you know, vegetables or ornamentals. They're there to help you. It's your tax dollar. So wrapping this up, coming up on a, besides the mushroom mic, we also have Jesse coming on the show. Jesse has a rain barrel company, but she has agreed to talk about the importance of rainwater, what's in it, what's different, some basic 101 class on H2O. 
That, that's for water. How do you like that? One one oh one of H two O. You're confusing me. <laughs> oh, I got it. What, what did I say? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle. I got slammed. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Jesse's going to come aboard and talk about basically it was why rainwater does right after the drought does so much better than tap water during the drought. Yeah, and we're going to hit it up on that. And I think there's a number of things that we're going to discover what they're putting into our water that we're drinking, that we're washing our clothes with, that we're watering our yards with versus the rainwater. All right, so we got Jesse coming up. We got Mushroom Mike. He's going to hate us because I think he's called the Mushroom Guy, and we call him Mushroom Mike. It's a Mushroom Guy, Mike. The Mushroom Guy, I his think, name is Mike. <laughs> the th- Mushroom Guy that's previously known as Mike or... Now, mushroom Mike just flows off the tongue so much. Better. Or the Mushroom Guy, a.k.a. Mike. What we're basically saying is we have a pretty busy fall coming up, which is very unexpected. We were looking for more things to talk about, and things are falling on our lives. Well, if by any chance you have mushrooms growing in your yard and your dog seems to be sleeping a little too much in the backyard, take him to the vet. He could be tripping. That is true. All right, everybody. That wraps this show up. All right. What are you saying, Scott? We got to go? Yes. Okay. Green thumbs up. Let's get out of here. Thanks for listening to your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.